Well, good morning to Rivers Church. Let me just take a moment and welcome all our locations, Cortland, Binghamton, and Corning. We love you. We're so thankful for you, everybody online. Welcome. We just love that you can be a part of this celebration of the Hope Foundation. Just real quick, this is John and Sarah Gartman. They've ran the, the show and the directors and just played a huge role in us having a Hope Home. So real quick, I just want to share what's really cool is I believe there's a face from the Hope Home from every community that we have a church in. So that's amazing. Let's give it up for that. That's really cool. <laughs> I could go on and on about the stories with the guys. Like this guy behind me, his second day in the home was my wedding. Come on, you can't be any more ride or die than that. You know what I mean? So that, that's pretty cool. And, and I remember Tyrell's, like, first time I met him was at, what was it, Whitney Ave? Yeah, I don't think he's ever swung a hammer before that. No. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of stories. It's a really fun ministry. It's a really, um, that's kind of why I'm here. I remember talking to Will, and one of, the, one of the things on my heart was, like, if I was going to serve at a church, we were going to have a hope home or a house, addiction ministry, hands-on. So it was a real game changer when he said, yeah, we're not going to have one hope home. We're going to have a lot of hope homes. So that was one of the big reasons why I'm still here at Two Rivers. Amen, John? You know what I'm saying, John? John knows. Amen. <laughs> so without further ado, though, I just want to turn it over to John and Sarah and let them share some of the story and what's going on at the hope home for this evening. Good evening. Um, the first thing I have to say is, this is the way to go to church. These chairs, these, these chairs are nice. Um, no, but seriously, um, the Hope Home, the Men's Hope Home, is one of the most successful and productive parachurch ministries I've had the privilege uh, to be involved in. And I said this at the dinner tonight, even though it's Sarah and I that are sitting up here uh, in front of you, there was a great deal of work and a great deal of heavy lifting done by uh, many other people. So coming right out of the gates, I want to acknowledge these folks, and I'm going to ask them to stand and stay standing until the end, and then you can show your appreciation after that. Um, Ron and Sherry Manwaring, uh, would you stand, please? Sherry is a spiritual uh, and prayer warrior who was so helpful in the Hope Home and helped Sarah in a lot of the uh, mundane tasks of cooking and uh, taking care of the guy's needs. Ron is gifted in a way that can speak life into a man's world like no one I've ever seen before. And if you'd experienced it, you know exactly what I mean. Barb and Bob O'Hara, would you please stand? These were the surrogate parents to the Hope Home, made tremendous contribution. Matt Decker's mom and stepdad, uh, by the way, uh, Shelly and Steve Cornwell, uh, would you please stand? Uh, they did a tremendous amount of work. Steve is uh, general contracting 
the transformation of the building next door for the upcoming Women's Hope Home. And Steve has given uh, the gift of uh, new skills to these guys that they would have never gotten. Uh, Todd and Christy Mansfield, would you please stand? Incredible supporters of the Hope Home. Uh, Todd modeled uh, for the men what it means to walk as a Christian man on a daily basis came in and spoke to the guys uh, for me several times. Christy is a key part of the Women's Leadership uh, Council. Uh, Karen Marshall, who ran our books, which was not an easy thing to do. Uh, there was money always coming and going and missing and finding, and Karen was the only person that I know that could have kept track of that and did a great job. Pastor John Snyder did a huge job speaking into the lives of these men individually. Dan and Sue Ellen Cher, who are not here, but they've made it almost routine that each one of our graduates finishes with a vehicle. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, Pastor Kerry also is not here, I don't think, but did a tremendous amount of work uh, with the guys uh, digging up and taking care of old hidden problems that contributed uh, to their addiction. So uh, am I missing anybody? Oh, who? Oh, yeah, Mike and Sue Gantz. Holy mackerel, you're poking me. <laughs> Mike and Sue, of course, Mike and Sue Gantz are absolutely instrumental. And I, you know what? I can't see with these lights, but would you guys please stand? Mike and Sue, Mike uh, provides uh, mentoring input. His wife, Sue's great. The guys go out and take care of their horses. And I apologize. You know what? I reviewed that list in my head a thousand times and uh, still forgot. Who else am I missing? Oh, that's right, Sarah. My wife, Sarah, was the glue that uh, kept the Hope Home together. Uh, they called her the mother of the Hope Home, which she was. No one's birthday got forgotten, and she gave them Christmases that I know they'll never forget. Did an unbelievable job. So anyway, thank you all, and if you could give them a hand of appreciation. So I was tasked with uh, putting together um, the Hope Home. And once we got a building, uh, I was totally against paying rent. So we bought a house. We bought a four-apartment uh, house right over here on Adams Ave, which became the Hope Home. And then it was my job to come up with a curriculum uh, for the Hope Home. Now, there's lots of recovery curriculums out there, and do they work? Don't they work? Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to judge that. There are 12-step programs. Uh, there's all different ways to skin a cat. Um, but I can tell you our statistics in terms of successes and 
people who quit and ultimately um, relapsed are tremendous compared to any program you want to pick out there. Having said that, I had to come up with a curriculum for the Hope Home. So I decided to go to the Bible, of all things. And Jesus said, make disciples. So I thought about that. And uh, Jesus said, make disciples and make disciplers. In other words, make people who can make disciples. People who become fishers of men. So I decided to take Jesus at his word and at his example, and I decided to design a discipleship program. Uh, now, the guys that you see back here or any of the guys who graduated from the Hope Home, uh, if you know them, they're sort of the SEAL Team 6 of discipleship programs. I mean, when these guys came in the door, uh, I said, you're going to get Jesus for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a midnight snack. And that's what I did. And some of the people who washed out said, man, all you guys talk about is Jesus. It's too much Jesus. And we look at him like, that's what we told you you were going to get. Jesus, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So these guys have really been through a very intensive course in discipleship. Bible says, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation, not a repaired creation, not a band-aided creation, but a new creation. So I decided to take Jesus at his word and create a discipleship program. Uh, it was very intensive. One of the things we say in the Hope Home is when you proclaim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Savior is the easy part. Savior was not the easy part, obviously, for Christ. It cost him everything to make available to us what he made available. But from our perspective, all we have to do is accept a free gift given by grace. That's easy. Making him Lord of your life, that's a completely different thing. That's completely uh, changes the paradigm of the way everybody thinks. What you have to do is be able to take yourself off the throne of your life and replace it with the Lord. We, amen. The men who could manage to do that were successful in the program. We had people wash out, and to a man, the people that washed out, washed out because of idolatry. And I don't mean to say they were in the basement of the Hope Home on Adam's Ave burning incense to a little silver statue. It was idolatry in the sense that they could not, they, they would not, not could not, they would not replace themselves on the throne of their life with the King of creation and the Lord of lords and put Jesus Christ up there and remove themselves. The guys who could were successful. The guys who would not ultimately washed out, and it was the same thing every single time. Um, 
So ultimately, the, the, the program gained momentum. We had a number of graduates. It has uh, really done amazing things in a lot of lives. Men's lives have changed. Uh, the men who walk in the front door when I interview them, you, you wouldn't recognize them compared to the men who finish nine months later. I tell them, look, you, you have nine months. You can step out of the world. You can step out of work. You can step out of all of your worldly obligations, and you can come in the Hope Home and not worry about everything. Everything's paid for. All you have to do is concentrate on Jesus. And through our discipleship program, we'll show you how to do that. And guess what? Jesus takes care of the addiction. For that matter, name, name your sin. Disintegration of the nuclear family. Abortion, gender confusion. It's all solved by being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And we've shown that it works. We've shown that lives can be changed. So anyway, I'm not going to go on any longer. I'm on the clock, and I want you to uh, meet some of our trophies, uh, the guys who've come through, been successful, had their lives changed, um, and uh, give you really their story. I mentioned that uh, my wife was the, the Hope Home mother. Uh, she witnessed the changes in these people's lives. Uh, she participated in it. Uh, she nurtured it. Uh, she was a catalyst that made uh, the Hope Home work. Uh, and I know she has uh, some reflections she'd like to share with you. Um, I just want to say that uh, it is such an honor and a blessing to me to watch these men come into the home so broken and um, confused and in such rough shape and then just watch over that nine-month period um, them transformed by Jesus into these men that are um, loving, um, honorable, um, and just their lives I get to watch them change so much, and it's just an, it's a privilege to me, and I feel that um, it's a blessing to be a part of that story, and um, I will always be here for these men as they go on with their lives, and I love them all as my kids, even if they're older than me. <laughs> All right, so you guys uh, all know Matt Decker. Uh, Matt was an early graduate uh, of the Hope Home and actually went on to be my house director for three years. Uh, Matt was the boots on the ground in the house. Uh, my position, Sarah's position, was a 24-7, 365 job, but at the end of the day, we got to go home. Matt was the person who was in the house taking care of the interpersonal struggles, taking care of each man's individual uh, 
issues, making sure that the house ran well. Uh, Matt did an absolutely terrific job. As you probably also know, Matt recently got married, moved to Mobile, Alabama, uh, and is now starting a new life down there, uh, very successfully, I might add. I called Matt up and I asked him to videotape a message that I can play in front of the church uh, and Matt was more than willing to uh, comply, and uh, this is what Matt sent us. Hello, church family from my new home in hot and humid Alabama. Never in a million years would I have thought I would be recording a video and sending it back to be viewed at church, but God is not surprised. On March 13th, 2018, my family and I had finally had enough, and Pastor John Snyder was called and came to my house and took me into the Hope Home in Endicott, New York, at City Reach Church. I was unemployed, lost, and hopeless, trying to fill my void with alcohol. That's where I found God again. It was probably about two to three weeks into the program, and I was dealing with alcohol withdrawal. I couldn't stop shaking, sweating, and just didn't want to be here anymore. I was ready to quit and give up. I was hurting and didn't want to feel like this anymore. I believe it was Thursday night, March 29, 2018, that I had my aha moment or my awakening. I had a fight in my room with God take, to take away my withdrawals and shakes. I told God he never answers my prayers, but if he would answer right then and there and make me feel better, that I would follow him every day for the rest of my life. Approximately a half hour later, I walked into church and I felt normal for the first time in weeks. I felt good. I told God, funny one, the shakes will return, but if they don't, I will follow you every day for the rest of my life. And that is exactly what I have done since that day. During my time in the home, I learned so much about myself and what led me to drink. I was able to deal with my past hurts and forgive others for their roles, and most importantly, forgive myself. I learned to live out Bible verses and incorporate them into my daily life. I learned how to pray and confess my sins and walk in freedom. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In the home, in, in the house, you know, we did a lot of personal study time. Um, that's where I found my life first. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I live that daily. I am no longer an alcoholic. I'm a new creation. So, I'll fast forward about, you know, six, seven months in the program. I was given the opportunity to take over as director of the Hope Home for Two Rivers Church in September of 2018. That was never in my life plans or goals, but was one of the best things that has ever happened to me. I was able to mentor guys and see them grow in the freedom that I now feel. I was able to see men come in broken, ashamed, and leave as proud and with a new purpose in life. Me and the men in the home have had the privilege of being mentored by many great men who have taught us the correct way to live and how to treat others. 
The guys were able to learn different trades and skills from different work service projects which we would do for the community and for the church, as well as play a significant role in building the women's home. The Hope Home wasn't a rehab. Sobriety was a byproduct of being in the community of people we were surrounded with. As director, the hardest part was watching a guy leave before he was able to feel the freedom that I feel. But the proudest moments came from when I get to see our men get baptized and graduate and go on and get a full-time job and see families restored. None of that would have been possible without the support of our church family at Two Rivers Church and God working in their lives. I enrolled in ministry school and currently have completed four courses, but that is currently on pause as I have received an answer to a three and a half year long prayer and met the woman God had picked for out for me. And on June 1st, 2021, we got married. None of this was possible except for God. On July 2nd, 2021, I packed my car and headed to Alabama with my wife to start my next chapter, trusting God would direct my steps in all that I do. I have been plugged into my new church down here in Mobile, Alabama, and I am going to help lead a recovery group that we are starting on August 5th called Bridge to Victory that I am going to actively participate in and help lead on Thursday nights. I started my new job on Monday, July 26th as an inside salesman for a steel company near Mobile, Alabama. This is another answered prayer from God as I have over 20 years experience in this field and have been praying to get back into the steel business, which I absolutely love doing. I want to end this by thanking everyone who has partnered with the Hope Foundation and Two Rivers Church. Without your donations and generous giving, none of this would have been possible for me or for any of our men. I hope you all will continue to support this program so we can continue to set men and women free from their addictions and hurts. I'd like to give some special thanks to Pastor John Snyder. Thank you for picking me up from my house and setting me on this journey and your friendship. I love you, brother. Pastor Will. Thank you very much for starting up the Hope Home with City Ridge Church Folded and for your leadership and your guidance. I wouldn't be half the man I am today without you. Pastor Carey, thank you for teaching me to forgive myself and stop beating myself up for my past mistakes because it was already paid for on the cross. John and Sarah Gartman, I don't even know where to begin. I love you both, and thank you for all you have done for me and for the guys. I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for your guidance, your love, and your leadership. To the church, thank you for all your support and the love you showed me and all the men who have come through the doors. There are too many to name individually. And lastly, I want to thank my mother and stepfather, Barb and Bob O'Hara, Thank you for not giving up on me and showing me love when I couldn't love myself and for all the support and love you have poured out to me and all of the men in our program. Two Rivers Church family and the Hope Foundation of Binghamton, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you all and will be sure to stop by and say hello as soon as I get some vacation time from work. Until then, thank you for saving my life and giving me hope again. Love y'all.
Thank you, Matt. Amen. Um, we have three other guys up here who finished the whole poem, George Tyrell and Richie. Uh, two of the guys are going to speak to you briefly. Uh, George uh, was brought up to us uh, by Jared, interestingly enough. And before anybody gets into the whole poem, I interview them uh, and decide if they're appropriate. Uh, the number one rule in the whole poem is protect the home. Protect the home. I don't let anybody in the home that I think is a danger to the home or is going to create strife for discord. So I always interview them and uh, see where they're at. So George came in, uh, and I was talking to him, and he was all puffed up and talking loud and in my face. And the Holy Spirit said, this guy's not ready. So I did the only intelligent thing I could think of at that time, and I picked a fight. <laughs> and he won. <laughs> and George left, madder than an old wet hen, and cussing me out through the parking lot, and took the next four weeks to go on the last run that God knew that he had left in him. And he came back to us, uh, and the next time I talked to him, he was a much more humble and spiritually malleable man, and ultimately went on to be... Uh, very successful in the whole poem. Thank you. Thank you, John. So I, I want to start um, by thanking everybody that John mentioned. Um, all of the people that John has brought up here today are so critically important to the success of the Hope Foundation, the Hope Home, and ultimately the success of our lives and where we stand today. So um, my heartfelt gratitude beyond words can express for each and every one of you. Um, so grateful. So thank you. Um, my, my journey into uh, drugs started when I was about 13 years old. And um, through a course of life experience and some tragedies, um, I ended up getting to the end of myself in despair and got, got saved, uh, went to my first rehab and, and ended up getting led to the Lord by a, a wonderful young man who was just serving as a house manager at the Salvation Army ARC in Syracuse, New York. And I got saved there and spent six wonderful years uh, of God's presence in my life as, as he uh, was transforming and moving and and uh, performing wonderful things. And at that time, uh, I thought that, and I guess I was to a certain extent, but I thought I was surrendered until the next real round of tragedies came. And they were tragic. And it was a perfect storm, three separate things that happened in a very short period of time. And I turned and had to walk away from God. It was in the extreme pain that I was not in a place to rely on Jesus, but come back to my pain and not want to feel it and medicate again. And um, so I did the old, the old Jonah thing. You know, I turned and ran from God and ultimately got swallowed up by my circumstances. And um, I love this saying, Todd, as God would have it. Um, I ended up in Ithaca, New York, and amongst some very bad individuals uh, living a very destructive lifestyle 
very deep into addiction again, knowing the burden of having walked away from God, having experienced his presence in my life once, and thinking that I could never have that again. And the pain and the burden of that was tremendous. And I'm so grateful for Two Rivers Church, for Pastor Will, for the vision of what this church is and the um, people that follow the call of God on their lives. Uh, as, uh, as that turned out, this young man sitting in front of me, Pastor Jared, was opening a brand new church in Ithaca, New York. And I was going to another church, but I was stuck, and I was a mess. And, but I went to support the new church opening. And that day I met Jared. And because of his faithfulness to the call of God in his life, um, he was present, Pastor Will was present, Pastor Wayne uh, was present, and uh, I had the joy of meeting them and taking Jared's business card and putting it in my wallet for another year and a half. Uh, it would continued you know, death and destruction because I couldn't step out yet. But I kept that card, and when I finally, once again, I'm one of those guys that's 100% in or 100% out and uh, very strong-willed, and it takes me to get beaten down completely before I'm ready to give up. And it came to another depth of despair where I finally called Jared, and he'll probably tell this story if he said it. I was, came to his house, and we got on his porch, and I told him my life story three times in 90 seconds, and you know, <laughs> drool coming out of my mouth, and just, you know, just a mess. <laughs> but um, in his faithfulness, you know, he was willing to receive me. And... Uh, and I did come down, and uh, John and I had a wonderful conversation. And uh, in the midst of his wisdom, <laughs> there was a delay in my dream. But he was right. There had to be another run. So when I did come back, um, I had uh, a whole different perspective. And I was in despair, and I was ready to throw up my hands and say, listen, whatever it is I need to do, however we need to do this, um, I gave up my car, I gave up everything external so I didn't have any distractions because I knew the one thing I had to do was keep my eyes focused on God. Um, didn't know how that was going to happen, didn't know if I could get the relationship back. But I was here uh, Friday for his, I came in Friday, July 31st or August 1st for your, um, your, your uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But, but for the, for, for the, you know, for the dinner before the wedding. That was my first day here. I came, I came to the celebration there when you were preparing for your wedding and then, and then Jared's wedding. And that Sunday, um, I was in my first service and, and uh, the song came on, Nothing Else Will Do. Right? I just want you. Right? Is that the name of it? And I came running when they said the prayer team's over here and I ran up to John Snyder. and said, what do you want? I said, just that. I'm not here for blessing. I'm not here. I just need, need God again. I need the restoration of that that presence, that uh, relationship. And God, I had a moment in that moment with God the Father, and he wrapped his arms around me. He always, he saw me coming from afar off. And by the time we were done with that prayer, the John, he's wiping his hand off on my shirt from all the tears <laughs> that were pouring out of me. But that relationship was restored in that moment. And um, the Hope Home gave me that opportunity to catch my breath, to focus on God. Not, not everything John described, not having to concern myself with outer things and other things, but to be able to seek God and gain that relationship again. And I heard early that there was a dangerous prayer in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, 
Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked ways in me and lead me down the path of the everlasting. But in order to be led, I had to give up. I had to surrender. And the willingness to follow um, and putting the Lord as, as his right place on my heart. Uh, Jesus has transformed my life and is through the hope home, through the, uh, the living faith of these people that pour out their love because that's part of the example that we get. It's not just reading the word and it's not just you know, studying the Bible in our discipleship class, but it's the example of Christ living in them and the love they poured out that changed my perspective and gave me hope, gave me life, a new relationship with God. And uh, I love you guys dearly, all of you so much. Thank you. I mentioned that uh, when you see people come in and when you see people finish, uh, many times, most times, they don't look anything like the same individual. Uh, my boy Richie here made... <laughs> made the most remarkable transformation. If you weren't there and you didn't live it, you would never believe it. Good evening, fam. Um, I'm Richie, and uh, this is my story. First of all, I guess before I get into this, um, yeah, once again, thank you to everybody. We're on a time constriction, so I can't go through all the names. You all know who you are. Yeah, praise God. And with that, um, I guess this is, this is the story. Okay, so about two years ago, I rediscovered my faith in my relationship with Jesus. I was still struggling with addiction, but I wanted out. I wanted to be sober, and I wanted a better life. I was homeless in that moment, drunk and alone. I was sleeping under a conference table, located in an alley surrounded by garbage. Um, something told me that I didn't belong underneath that table. I wanted to find my way back home to somewhere that I belonged. As I was laying under, the, under that table in the alleyway, I knew that this was no way that a saved man should live with no friends, no home, and most importantly, no sense of purpose. I recommitted my life to Christ, and I recommitted my life to sobriety. I entered some short-term rehabs and ultimately a three-month rehab at Cars. While I was there, somebody told me about Two Rivers in Cortland. I began attending Two Rivers Church in November of 2019. The first time that I attended Two Rivers, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said that I found the church that I was looking for I had three churches, but the Lord said, look no further. As I was attending church and AA meetings regularly, this is when COVID hit. And with COVID, the changes were a struggle. I was slipping into a period of depression and apathy. I was afraid what was going to happen next. I was afraid to go back, you know, to the hell that I just climbed out of. 
I knew that I would not be able to survive the COVID lockdown without church and my support groups. I needed to be in a structured um, rehabilitation program. I learned about the Hope Home through Pastor Will. I was trying to figure out if I was going to go to the Hope Home. I typed out a message on my phone to Pastor Will telling him that I wanted to go, but I didn't quite hit send. I stayed in the sanctuary for about two hours trying to pray myself out of the idea of going to the Hope Home. It didn't work. It turns out it's the best call that I ever made. I needed to find my way home. Pastors Will and John had the house director, Matt, pick me up immediately to bring me to the home. They were so anxious, they forgot one major detail. Nobody called John. <laughs> so here I am sitting in the house, um, and basically John walks in, and he's like, who's this guy? <laughs> so John kind of like, or Matt kind of explains, and then it was just kind of like, um, I did my interview with John, and have you ever seen the, the TV show 24? The way Jack Bauer goes off on people. That was my interview. <laughs> but hey, he approved of me. And after all that, when he walked out the door, he looked back at me and was like, oh, by the way, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was told that this program served Jesus for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, to tell you the truth, the Bible wasn't spoon-fed to us. We did have a pro, you know an intensive like um, program through John's teachings, but a lot of what well, where we learned was to use our time wisely, you know, in our quiet times, or to make quiet time for Jesus. And we found Jesus in the work that we did. We found Jesus in the way we approached our test. We found Jesus in how we treated each other and others around us. And prayer. And believe me, this program gave me plenty of opportunity for prayer. Jesus is inside of my heart and every saved person on this earth. And believe me, the Jesus inside of me was put to the test. Thank you, Jesus. Besides my faith in God and my sobriety, I have now many things that I didn't have before. I have a New York State driver's permit. I don't have I don't have any fines anymore. Um, I have a job. I earn a paycheck. I have a checking account with some money in it. I save money. I don't drink it away. I have my first credit card. I'm building my credit. I even have a retirement account that I can contribute to. And most importantly, most importantly, through all this, my faith in Jesus Christ has kept me sober and strengthened me. My hope has led to joy and peace. The love of God is shown through the growth that I have experienced. 
The love of God is shown through the time people have made for me. The love of God is shown through the investments people have made in me. I have a new family, and I'm right here where I belong. I'm home. Praise God. See, I wasn't wasting my time. You know, uh, it's one thing to talk about the love of Christ. It's another thing to see where the rubber meets the road and where it's acted out in people's lives and things change and lives are saved and these men will go on to do great things and affect other people's lives. It's truly a privilege for me to watch uh, watch the whole thing happen. I love these guys. They become my best friends, quite frankly. They come in the door, uh, rolling in off the street, kind of stinky and smelly and nasty, and they go out the door uh, employed with places to live. They're polite, they're courteous, they're godly men. Um, I'm not wasting my time. Oh, praise God. I love God's grace. Amen. Let's just pray this thing out. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you so much for the Hope Homes. I thank you so much for the leadership and the directors and everybody who serves and everybody who sacrificed all their times, talents, and treasures, God, to, to, to take away from themselves and pour it into these men. God, I thank you for them. I thank you for these men and their stories and what you've done in their lives. I pray for, for, for more to come, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.